Welcome to the Not Proper Podcast. My name is Matt Williams. We're back again with Tim Oberg, Strategic Director Asia Pacific Park Run. And we're talking today about finances, how to manage finances, how to coordinate partnerships. And we welcome Tim back onto the show. Thanks for joining us on the Not For Proper Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Platinum Audits. All your auditing needs, just jump onto platinumaudits.com.au. Welcome back, Tim. Great to be back. Thanks, Matt. So we discussed last time on uh, the previous podcast about things we growing the NFPs, you know, things like that, how we do things. I just want to delve a little bit more into this side of things and and talk about the strategic alignment of partnerships. As I said in the previous podcast, I'm a park runner myself. I'm actually a run director. I volunteer on Saturday mornings once a month, help out that side of thing. I want to know from your perspective, how do you find those strategic alignments you know park run let me get this if i get this wrong please shoot me um i should know we've got better being private we've got athletes foot and we have blackmores at the moment as our three current sponsors oh i've got them right i just want to know how do you how do you go about finding those alliances and how do you go about aligning them with the park run ethos let's start with the first one how do you find them Okay, well, they, they come in a number of ways, to be honest. So, I mean, our, our first uh, sponsor right back in 2011 was, was Adidas, and that, that came about because I was in South Africa getting married, and my, my wife's brother's best friend worked for Adidas in South Africa, and he introduced me to Adidas in Melbourne, in Australia, uh, and I had a meeting before I even got off the plane. <laughs> uh, meeting lined up before I ever got off the plane. So, so essentially, you know, one way is through your network. I, I, I think uh, that's often the best way because when when you when you've got someone uh, advocating for you on the inside of a business, that's so much stronger than sending a proposal to someone who doesn't know who you are or what you do. Um, so, so advocacy and using your network is a is a really important one. Now, looking at uh, on a completely different way is there are also agencies that will uh, take your brand to potential sponsors uh, and like uh, Blackmores as an example who our, our latest partner came came through an agency so so there's lots of different ways it, it is really hard it's really challenging to get good partners we get approached by lots of different brands that want to promote what they do to parkrun and they're approaching us because they know we've got a, a large database but in turn i guess this is question two that you were that you posed a minute ago in terms of how do we actually how do we actually i guess uh, select the, the appropriate partners um, and we really bring it all back to our mission and, and our values and you know the mission is healthier and happier planet and so if if the the brand uh doesn't support that uh, then they're not right for us. Uh, so we'll get approached by sugary energy drinks or you know, sugary breakfast cereals or, I mean, we've never been approached by alcohol, but there's an example of one that just wouldn't, wouldn't fit. So I'd say of all the inquiries that we receive, probably 90% don't fit with our, uh, our, our mission and our ethos. They're just brands who want to get in front of our large audience. 
Um, and you know, that's when people sign up to Parkrun, they don't sign up to that. They don't sign up to be spammed to by brands that don't support our values. Um, and so we're really, really conscious of that. Um, so yeah, ultimately it comes back to the mission of healthier and happier planet. Yeah. Do some of the, does it also come back to money as well? How much, cause I know that like I've seen the Parkrun growth in the last sort of five years since I've been involved and it's, you know, from five years ago. To now it's probably four times what it was mm. is does it, some of those people coming in that, that do fit the criteria are they not big enough for parkrun australia or are they or too big can they can it be too big yeah look i don't think we could have too big <laughs> <laughs> okay but we we definitely have really really we've had some really nice businesses that are sort of little you know kitchen table businesses that are doing really good things but you know, they, they just don't, uh, yeah, they're just not, not, not big enough to support us. And, and that can mean a number of things. Obviously, one, one of the concept uh, or one of the components of that is money. You know, they don't have the budget to, to, to buy into what our sponsorship with Parkrun costs. But the other two is actually being able to service it as well. So, you know, with 360-odd locations around the country, you know, you want to be able to activate any relationship you have with us. And, and so you have to be a business of a, a reasonable size to be able to achieve that as well. And then even from a digital comms point of view as well, but, you know, there, there's a, a level of, I guess, staffing that any business would require to be able to manage uh, a partnership with us. So, so yeah, you can definitely have uh, businesses that are about being healthier and happier but they're not big enough to be able to to partner with us. And, yeah, certainly uh, we haven't come across any that are too big yet. <laughs> no, and that's a good thing. Yeah. For Parkrun Australia and for Parkrun Worldwide, are they run the same way? So, like, I know Parkrun's ethos is happy, healthy planet. That's Then that's been born from the very first yeah. Parkrun. Yeah. Is it the same worldwide? Because I know that through my experience with Parkrun, I have my registered barcode and I'm yeah. available. That can be used anywhere in the world. Is it same with sponsorship? So are we looking for the same sponsorships ethos-wise ethos all around, around the world? Yeah, look, absolutely. It's um, Although we're in uh, you know, 21 countries, uh, we all work uh, to the same mission statement um, and, and none of us work in silos. So with my role here being Asia Pacific, I mean we oversee, we directly oversee Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, Malaysia, and Japan. Um, so any any commercial relationship that might eventuate in any of those countries uh, comes through me. Uh, but I don't have ultimate sign off as well. Like if it comes to me, I'll then be talking with our, our global team based in the UK as to whether they deem something to be appropriate or not. And and sometimes there are grey areas in terms of uh, what, what a brand means and stands for and what their mission is. So we have, we have to look at that sometimes and go, oh, what do we think about this one? And you know, sometimes, as I say, some, sometimes it, it does require a bit of discussion. So so looking at Parkrun globally, we we operate as a big team uh, and and we're all working singing from the same hymn sheet, so to speak. Excellent. For that Asia-Pacific region for yourself, how do you manage that time-wise? Like I know Australia's got 360, Singapore's got a few. I went to one there myself. Is, is it is it time-wise you have to base yourself in, like you're based in Australia and you look at Asia-Pacific, but you, you'll you have to travel to Japan, Singapore, Malaysia, New Zealand regularly. How do you manage that time flow and how do you manage that um, having people under you to manage that or manage that yourself time-wise? Look, with, with technology being what it is, uh, I'm, I'm not having to be on the road anywhere near as much as, let's say, hypothetically, this role was 10 years ago and the technology wasn't as advanced as it was now, then you know, someone in my role would absolutely be on the road uh, quite regularly. As it stands right now, like I'll, I'll probably be in Japan 
three three to four times next year, say. Um, Malaysia and Singapore probably a couple of times and, and maybe even in the same trip, you know, because obviously being, uh, you know, all up in, in, in that region. So I'll probably go over to New Zealand, you know, maybe once or twice next year. Um, so, so I'm not regularly there. The, 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 the key for us is that we've uh, established a, a really strong volunteer network in those locations and people who volunteer at their local event, if they want to, uh, I guess, do a little bit more, uh, then we have a, what we call an ambassador role. So this might be, you might be an event ambassador, which is somebody who mentors existing events and helps to bring on new ones, or you might be a photography ambassador where we ask you to take you know, really good photos and, and get them to us that we can use for promotional purposes. Um, you might be a grant ambassador as somebody who helps us write grants for government because you know, some people uh, on a Saturday morning, it's actually challenging for them to get to Parkrun, but one way they can stay connected is by volunteering on other other days during the week, you know, around their, their, their jobs and their families and so on. So so there's lots of uh, lots of ways people can do that, and I, get, I think that is that is the key in terms of how we can actually be in all these countries and, and be operating successfully is through, you know, leveraging the, the passion and, and hard work of all these volunteers. Yeah, awesome. Do you get... You said you work globally as a team and stuff like that. Do you get something from global team that comes down through all of the across the globe and through Australia? Do you get things that you have to do that you not necessarily wouldn't agree with because it, it, it's a consensus, like you said. Mm. But sometimes there's things that people go, "Why are we going down that path? Why are they doing that?" Is there sometimes things that happen that way? And if there is, how do you manage that? How do you get it to the masses, like the 360 odd events in Australia, without treading on too many toes, so to speak? Yeah, look, I think it all comes down to, to perception and um, there are times when we in Australia might perceive that a, a, a decision has been made by our colleagues in, in the UK and, you know, we haven't been consulted or whatever might be the case. But, you know, that's our perception of what's happened. Not 99 times out of 100 when we then discuss it with our colleagues, we realise that, you know, we, we just haven't understood or, or um, you know, we're perceiving it incorrectly. So I think, I think it's in, in terms of decisions like that, uh, there's a bit of salesmanship that goes on with it, and so if something if something happens that you know potentially we we might be confused about or don't agree with, then that's where we have a conversation with our colleagues in the UK. Uh, likewise, when we're I guess passing things down the chain, so to speak, then it's about how we deliver that message. Uh, I'm you know I'm really big on um, uh, trying to deliver these things face to face, and when I say that, what I mean by that is we do a lot of video content. Uh, where we'll do video messages to our volunteers, and uh, so we have a weekly a weekly Wednesday video update that we that we put out to our ambassadors. Um, and I think so, putting a human face to to something like that, putting a human face to a decision, I think goes a long way, rather than just uh, putting something in a memo or or a note or an or an email. So I think when you you know really show people that human side and and, and that it's a you know trying to explain why decisions been made, then that that makes a really big difference. Yeah, absolutely, and we find that as well in our business, putting a face to it. And most most people do like doing exactly like this face to face conversations. So it makes yeah, a very a big difference, in the sense of every park run is different, but every park run is the same. How do we 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 touched on a little bit on the previous episode, but how do you get that? individualism with the same with the same in the background you said you talk about systems and keeping it simple and all that stuff but how do you get that individualism because i know that as part of our park run we have you know different things going on and stuff like that and some park runs you go to don't do it is there a do and don't list so to speak can, can't, not, i don't want to put you on the spot or anything like that but like i just from a from a nfp spec perspective here that say 
this is what these guys do. It's a massive thing, 360 just in Australia. How do you keep them like the, the same but all different? Yes, I mean, there are certain things that are non-negotiable. Uh, so it's got to be Saturday. Um, each event has a start time. So the start times are based by state. So here in Queensland, for example, they all start at 7. So Saturday morning, 7 a.m., 5 kilometres. That's all non-negotiable. That's, that's, that's what it is. You know, where events, I think, have their local flavour is, is the actual course design. Um, so, you know, some courses are running on paths near a beach. Others are running around a lake. Um, others are just running around, you know, footy fields. So it all depends. So, so the course itself creates a local flavour. But I think most importantly, the thing that sets every event apart and makes every event unique is the people. You know, the, the type of people that go is typically the same. They're, you know, people who are wanting to be active, um, community-focused, family-focused. But each, each parkrun is made up of individuals as well. And, you know, I think about my local parkrun here in Ely Beach and there's lots of characters, uh, you know, people that I've, I've got to know in, in my community here that I would have never met if it wasn't for parkrun. So, so I think it's, it's the people and, 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 and probably to a lesser extent the, the courses themselves that create that local flavour. Um, but that's all against a backdrop of things that are non-negotiable. Uh, now, we're also pretty easy to talk to, so if, um, if people want to talk to us about why something is what it is, then they can talk to their ambassador or their ambassador can talk to us or we can talk directly to an event. Um, so we're, we're pretty approachable to, to, to discuss things. But, yeah, there are definitely things that are, that are non-negotiable. And it, it would be no – look, it's no different to any type of franchise if you want to think of it that way. You know, your, your, franchise, uh, is, your franchisee is going to have a, a rule book of things they can or can't do. Um, you know, we certainly have uh, operating guidelines that we provide to our events, which are the things you can or can't do. Uh, but of course, like anything, there's also some areas of grey, uh, and that's where um, you know, there's there's certainly discussions that can be had. Yeah, awesome. Is there a park run? Do they? We just been through Are You OK Day and and Mental Health Awareness Week and stuff like that. And I know personally, and I'll put it out there that Park Run was part of. I suffered from depression and anxiety. Park Run and Park Run family. I call it family because as the RD team and the core group there, they were my family, my second yep. family. They helped me through my depression and anxiety and got me. And Park Run got me through that. Is there a support bracket there, like other than the family? You know, you you local parkrun is there a support branch for mental illness and mental awareness and stuff like that as part of the parkrun ethos and and global events well as i mentioned you know the, the mission is health and happiness uh and 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 really that underpins everything that we do all the decisions that we make be it what sponsors we want to bring on or partnerships strategic partnerships or or how we and, and how we operate uh, and obviously a, a huge part of everyone's health and happiness is their mental health. Uh, and look, Matt, I'm no different to you. You know, I've had anxiety issues in the past and I found, uh, you know, exercise more broadly, but also quite specifically, um, you know, engaging with my local park run here in Ely Beach uh, as a volunteer and, and as, you know, running the 5K uh, was, was huge in helping me through that. Uh, and, and I think when you look at what makes Parkrun unique, it's, it's not the running the 5K that makes it unique. It's the support that you get from the people and the community connections that, that you get there. You know, I, I could walk out my office now and run 5K if I want to do that, but it's way more fun doing it on a Saturday morning with all these all these cool people who high-five me all the way around the course. Um, so so there are uh, Im immeasurable uh, stories of people whose uh, mental health has benefit benefited at Parkrun. It's something that from a, from a research point of view and from a more formalised point of view, we really haven't touched on yet. Like we certainly have done 
some research projects in and around parkrun. But I think it's something that in the years ahead, when we do delve deeper into the impacts of parkrun and we start to understand, you know, the true uh, depth of, of impact that we've had on, on, on mental health, I think it's going to be quite staggering. Um, so, yeah, look, I think, you know, in terms of, in terms of uh, you, you know, your listeners who are out there, don't think about parkrun as a 5K run. Think about it as, as, as somewhere where you can go and just feel good and be happy and, and be, you know, breathing fresh air on a Saturday morning. Yeah, absolutely. And I can attest to that 100% because that, you know, I actually was in the middle of, for my first parkrun, I was in the middle of training for a half marathon and I've never trained anything before and to be part of that number one at Capella Bar was unreal for me. I loved it. So yeah, I I've, five years, yeah, we just celebrated five five-year anniversary just recently so it was um you know and i'm still there and i still love it so it's awesome in in the sense of do you have do you ever have too much help like too much volunteers too much people wanting to help you i noticed we're pretty lucky in our event we have a lot of volunteers and our volunteer roster is pretty full is and i know some you know um some events do struggle a little bit but is from a global point of view or from a australia point of view and a and head office point of view do you have too many people offering you help or you 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 have to go looking for it look our, our theory on that is we never say we never say no to anyone that wants to volunteer and like you would know with your with your course there at Capalaba, you could you could always find somewhere else to put a marshal if you wanted to Uh, even if all that marshal does is stand there encouraging people or or having their hand out for a high five. Um, So we we encourage uh, anyone who organises any of our events to to always say yes when there's someone who wants to volunteer because you never know what it means to that person on the day as well. If you've got someone who maybe is feeling depressed and what they're really looking for, for is just to be out and just to be connected to their community and you tell them, no, sorry, our roster's full, well, that's pretty heartbreaking, you know, because they're, they're, they're reaching out and they want to be involved and you're telling them no. So, yeah, so we really encourage everyone to, even if your roster's full, find another spot or double up, have two, two people in the same space, whatever it could be. There should always be uh, some, some volunteer role that can be filled by someone at Parkrun. So I, I think um, it, it's much more likely the other way, you know, people, people struggling to get the numbers and, you know, that's, that's something that we proactively work on as well. And, you know, the, the big thing about volunteering, the message that we're trying to get across is that it shouldn't be seen to be a sacrifice, you know, you know oh, I'm going to volunteer, I'm going <laughs> to sacrifice my Saturday morning and go and volunteer because, you know, you would know and, and I know and anyone who volunteers at Parkrun would know that you actually gain so much out of volunteering in your community. You know, you meet great people, you learn skills, you have a laugh, um, you probably have, have, a, have a coffee afterwards with them. So, so volunteering in general, but certainly volunteering at Parkrun shouldn't be seen as a sacrifice. It shouldn't be seen as you're, you're giving something. It should be seen as I'm going to do this because I know I'm going to enjoy it I know, and I know there's a benefit to me. Yeah, absolutely, and that that's that's the truth. I, you know, I'm almost at my hundred volunteer mark, and I love it. So, yeah, just a couple of quick questions before we finish up. Just in relation to finances, like NFPs and not-for-profit sectors, there's a limited amount of. It seems to be a limited amount of resources out there. How do you manage that resource as part of Parkrun, and and what it goes to, what it doesn't go to, and and where you go from there? Well, look, whether whether your business is a, a not-for-profit or a for for-profit. I've always felt that you should operate like a dollar out is like a dollar out of your pocket and a dollar in is, is a dollar in your pocket. So you, you go, you've got to operate as if it's your business and, and, and you are trying to make a profit. So not-for-profit doesn't mean you don't want to make a profit. Uh, it simply means that you know, you, you're, you're operating for a cause and, and that you're not paying you know, your dividends to shareholders. Uh, that's really, 
you know, the, the, the biggest difference in terms of mindset. So I've always, you know, tried to, tried to operate that, that way myself. And, I've, you know, so many times I've had people question me as to how can you even have a salary when your business is a not-for-profit? And I said, well, you, know, you clearly don't understand <laughs> what, what the not-for-profit means. So, so I think there's a real misconception out there amongst the wider society as what it means to be a not-for-profit, uh, what, where the money goes, uh, what it means to have staff and pay staff, and I think I think all of those things are a, a, a bit of a misconception. So, so I guess yeah, I've, as I say, I've always I've always tried to run it with an entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, you know, definitely, I've always been conscious. You know, you have to make a buck. Yeah, you have to, you know, generate revenue, and you have to generate as much revenue as you possibly can. So, be that through selling a product or having a sponsor or applying for a grant or whatever it might be. You know, you have to you have to really go out there to try and be successful, uh, and 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 so yeah, trying to generate as much revenue as possible so you can pay your staff and 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 operate your business. Beautiful. Well, we're just about out of time, mate. I really appreciate your time today, and thanks for coming back onto the second episode. If if people want to get in contact with you, how do they get in contact with with Parkrun or yourself? Is there a, a, a there's a website out there, email address? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, parkrun.com will send you to, to any of our parkrun countries. Uh, .com.au is the Australian uh, domain. And look, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. Um, at, at Tim Oberg 78 is where you'll find me. So, um, yeah, love to talk to any of your listeners who might have, you know, more questions about parkrun or more questions about uh, managing a not-for-profit. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty easily accessible. So, and yeah, look, thanks for having me on again, Matt, and congratulations on the ongoing success of the show. Thanks, mate, and we'll talk soon. Thank you.